political, very you know, political. I'm just out here in Camden. I'm wearing top man. <laughs> I'm wearing I'm wearing nice. No, I'm out here wearing Zara. I'm out here fucking these hoes. You know who am I? Malcolm X or something? <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to season three of Don't Alert The Stands. You are here today with your host Eads McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell and Chopin. And it is season three guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. How has everyone been? Good. So yeah, it's been ages since we've been here together again. Um, but yeah, it's been good time off, good development time and just yeah, time to actually like just center yourself and kind of focus on other things as well. Like the podcast is great and amazing and we need obviously time to just re-energize as well so we can be our best self on this. So um, yeah, I think it was a good break and an enjoyable break as well. Mm. What about you, Shopper? Same old, same old. Okay. Um, I'll say for me, this break was definitely needed. Um, I'm actually really grateful that Shopper and Nick were like, we need some time off um, because if we continuously just went at it continuously, continuously, I think we would have burnt out and we would have come to this podcast and the energy would have been evident, evidently missing. Um, so I'm feeling great. Um, these two, I've, from speaking to them, they seem to be feeling great and everything. So we're back. We're finally back, guys. We're finally, finally back. We saw all the tweets. We saw all the messages. We saw the DMs saying, where are you guys coming back? And all of those things. And we have an exciting season planned out and everything. Um, some things will be changing, but we'll let you know. And yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Should we go straight into the music topic, Chope? Right, yeah. So, um, you know how it all goes. We're all going to go around and say what we've been listening to for the last week. Um, maybe in the other two cases, the last two months, but I'm just going to go by the last week. Um, so I haven't really been listening to anything. I've dipped in and out of different projects, but nothing's really held my attention um, so I'm just going to go with the one thing that I guess I've been listening to fairly regularly, not necessarily on a daily basis, but the most. So that would be Beyonce's The Lion King, The Gift. Um, you know, her companion piece album to The Lion King, the movie and the official Lion King soundtrack. And, um, don't really have too much to say. I guess I have to two stances on it in terms of, you know, um, how I feel about the music and how I feel about the cultural implications. So I'm going to start off with the music. Um, I think it's um, a great project, um, a really, really good project. I liked the fact that um, she just didn't work. She didn't do what Kendrick Lamar did with Black Panther, basically got who she'd regularly work with and just put, put, make this music. But she actually enlisted a, lot, a bunch of african producers and she, she did some research and worked with them and i really rate that even though the album is kind of just a compilation album featuring the most obvious afro beats and african artists out there that's no shade to her but to be honest it's a business but i like that she actually did also her and her team go out and source some lesser known people so shout out to shate wale and moonshild sinelli and um 
other people like that but yeah no it's a great project um i pretty much love every song like it has um for me a, str- a strong repeat value um i re- i really think the song has been well crafted well written well produced and i like the fact that each song that kind of does have some sort of carry on theme to scenes in the actual movie the only um i guess downsides i'll say is that the interludes kind of ruin and disrupt the flow like even when i was reading some reviews they kind of some journalists would say it was like an interruption and i kind of understand what they mean like it just kind of messes up the vibe but i understand that obviously this is a disney product it's not a Beyonce album so she you have to promote the movie while promoting while having all these additional songs in there and also i kind of feel like there's a it doesn't really it's not really cohesive but once again it's a compilation album it's not a studio album it's not a mixtape or anything like that but no every song oh the jesse reyes song can go that we didn't need that one um but every song on there is I'm, I love, I love, I love, I love. But now some of the cultural implications. Um, I just wish that, um, you know, because she calls it a love letter to Africa and that's what every press release is saying and it, all that jazz. And um, it doesn't take away the fact that it's a good album. It is. But I just wish that um, there was more diversity in terms of it just being, like I said, the standard number one artist in West Africa. So the two savages, the burner boys, Mr. Easy was kids. And obviously, but um, yeah, but at the end of the day, and this was quoted in several articles that I read that um, Afrobeats and West African artists, they're kind of the, the face and they're kind of at the moment, the paragon of what African music means in 2019. They're the ones that have so far crossed over or, you know, they've been accepted by Western by Western media and Western listeners. But um, I just hoped that, you know, someone as big as she is, you know, could, you know, enlisted more. And there were a few, like I said, I mentioned them earlier, there were a few others, um, lesser known acts and other genre, um, other countries. But um, I just wish there was some more East African influences there. But I understand it's a business. You obviously have to go with what sells. It's a product. So, you know, it's time by time. But I still think, obviously, this is great for African music and it's great for African artists. Like, a lot of these artists are undoubtedly on a bigger platform and have much bigger... Um, how can I phrase it? They have... Um, yeah, they're more out there now than they were, like, two or three weeks ago. So, like, obviously, she's opened up um, their names to a, a huge audience. But um, also, yeah, I, was, I wanted to also mention, I'm really talking a lot about this album. But... Um, yeah, I like the fact that it wasn't just the standard Afrobeat sound. I really, because when I saw all the names, I was like, oh, here we go. I'm going to get a thousand of these songs. But like, there was some Afro house in there. There was some Guam in there. There was some high life in there. There's some traditional African music in there. And even like, I love the fact that the artists were speaking their respective languages. So Yoruba, Swahili, and Tree across the project. So I really appreciated that too, especially the, the Burner Boy track, Jare, because as a Yoruba Nigerian man, that's, that's a phrase I've been hearing all my life from my parents and relatives it means wise up if anyone didn't know that so my favorite songs um if i had to pick like four for now i would say um find your way back jar ray burner boys one dark skin girl that's right dark skin girl um and already oh and also i just want to say that i love other side too it reminds me of stevie wonders if it's magic and that's me i still have i still have to listen to the album i haven't given it a chance yet i haven't really had the time but when I get a moment, I've heard great things about it. I've heard mixed reviews about it, but the videos and the visuals look incredible. And the vocals, like, obviously it's a Beyonce album, but at the same time I'm hearing things, I'm like, right, okay, she really went in on this album. Yeah, that too. I want to add to that too. Like, um, 
I haven't really heard her sing like on record. Hmm. When she's live, it's different. I haven't heard her sing sing like this on record in about three albums. So I was, it's nice to have my singing Beyonce back. Mm. You know, I like, you know, I like when she raps and does a little rap singing thing, but she's a singer. And she, some, she gave some incredible vocals on some of these songs. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Nick, do you want to go next? Um, yeah, okay. Um, so this week I'll give you two suggestions or two things that I've been listening to. Um, they're both singles. Um, one is from someone who's coming back now. So Bryson Tiller, he released his single Blame. Um, and this is what I kind of envisaged his second album to sound like. Um, for people that know my opinion and what I say, I think that Bryson Tiller's sophomore set for me was kind of a setback in his sound. Like it just felt a bit messy to me. Um, so I loved Trap Soul and what he brought to the table there. And I think he knew what he brought to the table there. It wasn't amazing vocals. It wasn't amazing, um, deeply filled R&B. It was just kind of that mix of what he calls Trap Soul. Like he encompassed those sounds, which is very popular from where he's from in Toronto, um, Toronto as well. And yeah, I think that was what Trap Soul was. And he didn't pretend it was anything more than what it was. And he just kind of dropped it it was great for our generation or some of our generation's listeners. It embodies that kind of social media era, um, relationship, situationship kind of uh, topic focus. And I think, yeah, the second album just felt a bit confusing for me and a departure, not a complete departure because there are, he still stuck to that core sound, but I think where it just didn't feel as cohesive as the first set. So I think this song kind of is what I envisaged his sophomore set if he was to stick in that pocket to sound like. So I think it's really addictive. It's really short, to be fair. That's the only criticism I have. If you're going to come back, come back in a major way in terms of a fuller song, in terms of length. But I think it sounds great. It echoes back to that Trap Soul era without feeling just like a throwaway. There's that effort there. There's that great melodies in there. And I think, yeah, I think he's definitely secured a strong effort in terms of securing that he's working on good music so i hope that the project that is inevitably coming in the next few months to maybe next year um is a great sound and yeah i hope he still encompasses that kind of era um of music that he did with trap soul but i hope he kind of elevates it and just shows growth at the same time mm. um so that's bryson can i just add to that one, on. one thing that i've always liked about bryson tiller is he's always open to critique 100%. So whenever yeah. he's created like music and people have been like, this, this is shit. He's yeah. always been like, okay, what can I do to be better? Yeah. And I definitely think that's one of the things that has, has kept him, um, has kept people waiting for yeah. good music because mm-hmm. most people would have been like, oh, he's making shit music. Let's just give up on him. Yeah. But and it's the fact that he's continuously like, actually, let me work on this craft yeah. and make it better. So. I want to make a point though. Like, um, I agree with everything Nick said. I, I agree with everything Nick said. I'm not actually a fan of this new song personally, but I'm looking forward to the project. But I will say that the second album, he definitely went through a, a sophomore slump, critically and commercially. Um, but I, will, I say this to everyone, that there were some gems on that second album. Was it a great album as a overall package? No. Mm-hmm. It was too many songs. It definitely lacked direction. Mm-hmm. It was kind of all over the place. But I just want to make it clear to the people that listen, there were some great songs on there. Mm-hmm. Like it was like 20 five songs yeah. or whatever. I don't know how, it was a lot. It was of, over 20. It was a lot of songs that. on there, but there were, I was going to make it clear, like there were some great songs on there. Yeah. There were some really good songs on there that I still listen to. And I think something tells me deserved a lot more. That should have been a much bigger hit for him. 
that deserved more. And I think that's one of my favorite songs he's ever, ever done personally. But um, no, I agree. The album was a mess. Yeah. And just to echo back to Eden's point about humility, I think that's something that I like in an artist when they're able to take that criticism. Obviously, there's criticism online, which is actually baseless and just one worded tweets and stuff like that. But then there's actual criticism where people wanted more. The stuff that Chope said about his second album resonates as well. And there were some critiques like that in terms of the critical claim. And I think just to kind of get that critique point in the artist getting critiqued stuff, I think that's what... I think gets conflated with Rams over here. So like some people have conflated his like live performances and all of that kind of stuff, critique on that, like real stuff that he can work on to progress with kind of the bullying stuff. And I think people, you know, take any opportunity to go at him and stuff like that. At the start, it was literally founded on his live performances and the fact that he can't sing the song that he released live. And I think it's just turned into something really ugly and like people are bringing up other stuff and stuff like that. So I think when people online do critique, I think it should come from an authentic place and a place that's constructive, not a place that's kind of trying to tear someone down, which I've seen with Bryson and Rams as well. Mm. So yeah, I just wanted to make that point. The second song um, I've got for you is by a group. I don't know if I mentioned them early last season or later last season, but I will mention them now. So Emotional Oranges, they released their single from their next EP, I want to say it is, um, Volume 2. And it's called Don't Be Lazy. Um, I actually bought tickets to their concert. I'm really excited to go. Um, and I think it's it's in October. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, this single is just a great, great feel good. And I hate this word so much because it's so overused, but a vibe, like I hate, I just, it just feels really good. And if you've heard volume one, the juice volume one, um, you'll know what that sound sounds like. Like they're really, they really have got the magic moment of bringing all their songs together and making it sound like one long song almost. And um, in certain songs, the girl sings more. I don't know her name. There's a lot of mystery surrounding the two, um, but she sings more. And in some songs, the guy sings more. But in this song, I think they found that perfect balance of them singing in complete kind of balance. And I think that's what the per- the the departure from volume one into volume two hopefully will be because I did want to hear more of the guy I think the girl kind of dominated most of volume one the juice but I think in volume two I I hope to see that balance between them um it's just really laid back music all pop R&B in places on volume one as well but um they're from Los Angeles as well uh and they're they're having a bit of a bubbling moment in terms of their fan base and growing their audience and stuff like that. So, and they're actually managed by um, one of the people on Joe Budden's podcast. Um, I forgot his name. Rory. Rory, exactly. So um, Rory did a live show with them last week in New York um, and I did a bit of research and I found out, yeah, that he's actually managing them. He's trying to remain back of house, but um, yeah, he's helping really bridge them and introduce them to the world and give them the tricks of the trades because as you know, Rory has experience in the music industry as does the rest of the Joe Bottom podcast. So they've been supporting them. So I'm really intrigued to see how that relationship manifests in the career of Emotional Oranges. So yeah, that's their next, their current single, Don't Be Lazy. I've always wondered what Rory actually does. I've, I've never actually, I know he's in the music industry and I know that yeah. uh, Mal is in the music indu- industry as well, but I've never actually known yeah. what they do. I so know I just assumed they were A&Rs this entire time. 
Yeah, I know. I mean, I know he's getting into the artist management space now and he's doing a lot for Emotional Oranges. So I know that that's his future or okay. what he sees them as kind of his baby. And I know they called the, the Joe Budden podcast, all of them out in February. I believe they tweeted them. They were like, thank you for all the support. And then that's when their relationship, I think, began or was in progress. So it's really interesting to see how he manages mm. these two and yeah, how they take their first world tour coming up so it's gonna be interesting that's sick because the amount of numbers that the joe budden podcast actually gets like their their listenership is probably nuts they're Mm. one of the number one podcasts on spotify yeah and i think they were on apple music when they were on there but obviously they've dropped off now Uh but it's like that promotion must be insane yeah it just says a lot for how music's going to go in the future with um, podcast promotion yeah 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 exactly i think you're right so yeah labels expect that that message when we get to that level (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Stop promoting your, your artists and Well stuff. you know They can hit the DMs They can hit the emails You know They can suggest People they want to <laughs> We get to that level Anyway Eden Suggestions Cool So me I'm I'm basically going to name The songs So I've got three yeah. I've got one song And I've got two albums And they're basically The songs and albums That made my summer uh, The beginning of my summer At least mm. And I'm going to start first With an artist Called Meron T She's an artist from South London. Um, she has a few songs on SoundCloud and two songs on Spotify. Um, and she has a project coming at the end of the year, I believe. Um, she's. I read somewhere she's currently on tour with Masego, but I couldn't find any evidence of that. So I'm. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure of that. But her music. This. This song in particular has just been on play throughout the entire July, June. Um, that whole sphere of time for me because. It's just a vibe. Like I know Nick said he hates that word, but it's honestly such a vibe. Um, it's called Honey. Um, I would honestly suggest you play it. Um, I've suggested it to nearly everyone. I put in every group chat that I'm in. Um, it is like a jazzy neo soul um, soul type of song. It's produced by someone called Say G. I couldn't really find any other songs that he's produced, but he's on SoundCloud. Check him out. So that's S E Y space G. Um, and she has some songs that aren't on Spotify that are on SoundCloud. And to me, this song is just really, really, the word I want to use is comfortable. It just makes you want to sit back in either a car or in your living room. And it's got that kind of lover's kind of feel to it. So um, I read in, I think it was Complex, she was talking about how it's about the bittersweetness of love and um kind of explaining what you bring to a relationship and stuff like that so definitely listen to it if you're in that type of mood if you're ever just chilling with some friends and you have like a like a takeaway or something and you just want to chill definitely put this on in the background it's fire um next song for me oh sorry album is kind of a throwback so it's from an artist called roots maneuver um so i've been listening to a lot of roots lately because mainly as most of you know i love Lil Kana. And a lot of people have been saying that Loyal's flow and the way that he kind of produces his music is very similar to Roots Maneuver Um, in terms of, but yeah, a lot of people have basically been saying that. Mm. And for me, I wanted to kind of check that. Sorry, Shafi's making faces. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, No. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'll I'll give Sonic clue. Yeah, that's what I meant. You said the way he he raps as well. So yeah, flow. Yeah, no. You don't think so? I would say production, yes. Sonically, ah. the vibe of his music, definitely. But I think as MCs, they're quite different. Okay, that's fair enough. I've noticed a few things in terms of flow where they're similar. And um, in production, like you said, there's definitely similarities. But for me, I've, I've, I struggled to get into his music because I feel like some of his songs were made for a particular time. So I listened to um, 
uh, what was it called? Brand new second hand, which came out in 1999. Um, and a lot of the songs on that are nice and everything, but I just struggled to keep the concentration for them um, because the, the sound and the kind of production isn't really from our generation. Um, but I, I'm definitely, I'm finding myself trying to listen to new types of music and kind of experiment with things that I wouldn't usually listen to. But I definitely want to like his music because Jamaican British man um, and he's representing um, he was doing it big when a lot of people weren't really listening to um, rap and neo soul rap if you want to call it that um, so definitely he's been around for ages so check him out for don't take this as like a, a, a criticism of him his music is good but it's just I struggled to get into a full project um, so check him out on Spotify he has a lot of songs on there he has a huge catalogue a lot of music um, his music videos are really cool as well I can't remember which one I walked uh, which one I watched sorry but there's one where he's walking through a park and like everyone's running away from him and it's just really creative he's just gone to the store to get some milk and like loads of white people are just running away from him he's a black man by the way um, and I just thought that was really interesting you could probably do like a timeline thread analysis of that but um um, yeah, so Roots Maneuver, Brent. Can yes. I just jump in? I think it's fine to like appreciate an artist, but not necessarily fuck with it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you don't have to force yourself. Like if you yeah. don't really, you know, there's many artists that I appreciate for what they brought to the table. They're very talented and we can acknowledge that or I can acknowledge that. But um, I just don't necessarily fuck with the music. Monica's one for me personally. I just can't really? get into it. No. What do you mean projects? What do you mean songs? Just projects. Oh, so you can, you like songs, but you just don't like. Yeah, projects. like I just can't. I just haven't really gone to like. Is that all of Monica's projects. projects or her recent ones? Um, I think I can't even like. There's a particular one that I tried. Hold on, I'll go into the discography because I'm not good with names That's and shit. Cool. No, but that but, makes sense because a lot of the kind of big artists. So, for example, a lot of people like Celine Dion. Yeah, but she's. I, I find that I can't listen to albums. That's everyone. Dion. That's not just you. That's everyone. <laughs> oh, that's, what, that's what I mean. So Every, what I think with Celine Dion is, and I'm waiting for Nick to get the album out. Um, <laughs> I'm letting, like, no, I'm the saying, I'm saying this because I agree with you. Because I love Monica, but I have Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. Um, I, was always, I, was always, I was always team Brandy and Aaliyah. Anyway, um, <laughs> with Celine Dion, I've said this for years, years, and years, and years. Like, hands down, one of the greatest singers ever. Like, vocally, she's a monster. Mm. Like, incredible. But her songs don't slap. She, no, she has songs here and there. I was and, about to say. And you're that talking she, to a Jamaican here. She has songs here and there that I like. Yeah. And I appreciate, obviously, that she's worked. She's, you know, she's a legend. Like, yeah. she, you know, she's kicked down some doors, influenced so many of today's artists, when, hands down. But her music has never been it. And, like, her albums have never been it. Wait, you mean albums, right? Or you don't mean a... No, I mean, even, I mean, love I mean, no, 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 even some of her biggest hits, like, okay, but it was her albums too. And that's why, and, and she's always been compared to, and that's why I think I, I'm glad that you both said these particular names because Celine Dion's always mentioned alongside Mariah and Whitney. Mm -hmm. Monica's always mentioned around, um, alongside Brandy and Aaliyah. Yeah. And with Celine, she has the worst catalog of the three of them. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, she has the worst catalog. Yeah, yeah. Like when it comes to Mariah, it's like, yep great music, whatever, whatever, as well as the, oh, she's a great singer. Whitney, you know, shaky discography, like there are some gems, yeah, yeah. but generally Whitney had great singles. Yeah, yeah, she did. Great singles. Her albums, and I, and I always say this, like Whitney had much better albums than people give her credit for, mm. but no, in terms of artistry, discography, Mariah was always the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And same with Brandy, Monica, and Leah. Brandy and, and Leah, musically, far surpassed yeah. Monica, like in terms of just consistency, experimentation trying new things and just general quality of music but that's saying that also monica 
has better albums people give it credit for. Now the last three were terrible, definitely. And then, and based on this these last few singles, I don't think this new album is going to be the same either because Monica just has stayed. She's not grown mm, at all as an artist dear. at all. Do you know? Do you know? I has like not grown Shopee. as an artist in the last twenty four years. Shopee doesn't hedge. Cause you know some people just be like, oh, it wasn't a good album. Shopee just says it's terrible. <laughs> just like <laughs> it's a terrible project. The last album was called Code Red, and yes, it was. Who <laughs> okay. dare? Like um, the album for reference was All Eyes on Me. Oh yeah, that was one of the bad ones. Yeah, <laughs> and she knows that. Yeah, I got led to it because Brandy. <laughs> I was listening to Kanye and Brandy's song, and then like YouTube suggested a song from her album. Then I went through, and I was just like, okay, I like the song "Will Eyes on Me," but the album though. And she knows that. that's why I wasn't released in the states. Japan released. Yeah, Japan, well, yeah, Japan yeah, 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 yeah. It just it actually and said then that. Yeah. She retooled the album, and that was after the storm. That's what's so gone. Yeah, and that's a great album, and that's arguably her best work. But for me, I just kind of feel she's always been hit and miss albums wise, and she just doesn't try anything new. It's mm. the same thing, and even even her approach as a vocalist, it's just the same mm. every album, and it's like. And the thing is, I'll always take away from her, like, she has hits upon hits. And I definitely would go see her live. Like, she's a great singer. She has hits. She came out during when we were at Essence and I got my life. Um, we didn't talk about that, by the way. We didn't talk she about She came out during Missy's set. We were both very inebriated and very drunk. So we were, mm. so I think Nick was asleep during that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I missed um, a little bit of Missy. <laughs> We were, so we were, we got very, 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 it was very, a long day. Very, very, very day. drunk at the BET party. Yeah. So, so. All right, let me finish my lessons and then can, can we get a review of Essence first, if that's okay? If you want. Okay. <laughs> if you want. Cool. All right. So my last listen is by an artist called T.E. Dines. So oh, yeah. he cool. had an, an I've heard of him. He had a project called Full Circle. Um, and I've always thought of T.E. and Stormzy to have kind of similar vibes. Um, in their music and I've listened to T for a while but I've never listened to a full project and his kind of delivery of this so he had artists like Giovanni who mm-hmm. we spoke about last season mm-hmm. um, on a song called Watered Eyes um, he also has um, oh god I can see his face glasses hat Shay Lingo he has Shay, oh, Ling- he has okay. Shay Lingo on there as well um, and, and quite a few like UK rappers that are on the way up and I've just Oh, Shea Universe is what was on this. Mm, With that amazing. song, um, Black Panther was incredible, by the way. He talks about losing his uncle and how he's trying to, he's sad that his uncle didn't meet his daughter and um, kind of trying to be the man that his uncle was when he was growing up and stuff. And this album for me was quite like, it was a nice touch, but at the same time, it had those bangers on it. Like anybody else, whew, like I've been listening to that song in my car pretty much every single day on the way to anywhere. Um, I just find that song's really catchy. Um, the hook's good on that. He has a nice cadence when he flows as well. And I just find that him as a person, he just seems like he's like one of those go-getters. Like he's one of those people like, I'm going to be great. You guys just haven't realized it yet. Um, and you know, there's some people that like, I'm great. I don't understand why people haven't, you know, people that come with that kind of energy that like you guys, you guys are like missing out on my talent and stuff like that. He's just like, I'm going to keep putting out quality work and you guys will eventually see that I'm this great artist. And mm-hmm. for me, I, I've listened back to some of his old projects like April Showers 2 um, and quite a few old ones before that. And he's always, for me, been good. The first time I heard him on a song that I like really fucked with was Yo, which featured Frisco and a few other um, UK MCs. This was a remix. Um, 
And I just, I was just, I was just really blown away by this project. There's some songs that are skippable. Don't get me wrong. It's not, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's a 10 out of 10 album. There's definitely a lot of songs in here that I skipped, but the songs that are good for me, I found were great. Um, and yeah, definitely check it out. That's T.E. Dines, um, Full Circle. Cool. On to the next thing. So you guys went to Essence Fest. Mm -hmm. I didn't go, but... Disclaimer, we paid. Just disclaimer. Oh, we wait. Hold, yeah, exactly. Just yeah. before anyone gets it. But if anyone wants to fly us out, that's an option as well. Yeah. But um, so these two went to um, Essence Fest. I didn't go, but I lived through them, through their videos and like talking about the events and stuff. So if any of you guys want to give a quick review of that festival, feel free. Um, Essence was amazing, but it could have been better. Not in terms of the artists, that wasn't the issue. I just feel like Essence probably is the most unorganized festival I've ever been to. The niggatry was real. Um, Can we just give a quick background to what Essence is as a festival? Do, like in terms of who organizes it? I don't know that. Okay, what type of artists go to it? Um, yeah, Essence Festival is um, set, it's, um, in New Orleans every year. It's been growing for the last 20, 25 years now. And um, generally, it's um, for R&B and soul acts. But they do, in, in recent years, they've had a lot of um, hip-hop artists, reggae artists, Afrobeat artists, jazz artists. But it's generally what I call where all the aunties and uncles come to play. That's <laughs> that's basically what it is. It's, it's for the black aunties, the black uncles, and there mm -hmm. were a lot of those. Mm -hmm. And me being the resident uncle of the show, and in most of my friendship groups, it was perfect for me. And, and I will say this, um, if I'm being honest, even though the lineup was great, I think Nick agrees with me too. Like it was good, but it, hasn't, it wasn't as good as previous years have been. But I was like determined that I wanted to go this year, check it out. And it was fun, a lot of fun. Like um, I saw some incredible sets. So New Edition were amazing. Missy Elliott was amazing. Like I said, Monica came out and I got my life. There's two songs she came out. Trina came out. Um, the hand, Hands down, the highlight of that weekend was Mary J. Blige. Mary fucking J. Blige. <laughs> I just, and I said this to Eden, like I can't listen, even when I just listen to her now back here in London, I can't listen to her without thinking about her set essence. Like I was just in full uncle mode, singing to I'm going down and you bring me joy. And she did my favorite, 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 favorite Mary song of the entire world. Actually two of them. Share my world and I never want to live without you. Like, I thought she was going to do the hits and go home. But she really, like, delved into her catalogs. Mm. Like, songs that only the fans know. And then being in an audience where everyone's black and everyone knows those songs. You know, Lil' Kim came out. She did her best. Mm. We, you know, we love her. Um, we respect her. But, you know, for some reason, she just can't get her, her words right when she raps her verse. But it's nice to see her. It's mm. always nice to see her. You know, Mary was um incredible. But, like, but saying that, like I said, it was very unorganized. So... There were a lot of acts that I didn't get to see because of, of what I call niggatry. So Music Soul Child either didn't turn up or he wasn't on the stage that the app said he was on. Um, Luke James was on a different stage than what was said on the app. I missed Jojo. I missed Van Jess. Um, yeah, and a few others. That, um, there were some others. I missed a bunch of people that I wanted to see. But I saw a lot of people that I wanted to see also. So I just now know, because I will go again in the future, because it was definitely was a good experience to have the first go around. But um, but now I know how I would um, navigate it in the future. But yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's definitely um, a lot of fun, Nicholas. 
Um, so yeah, echoing a lot of Shoppe sentiment in terms of the disorganisation of it. So we obviously missed, I think me and Shoppe really wanted to see Luke, James and Jojo's live album set. It was, yeah, it was something we missed and it was really annoying because I think it was on the first evening or something. Mm-hmm. Or the, yeah, the first evening. So I was really looking forward to that. Like I love Jojo from childhood days. Um, I think a lot of people do. So it would it was just really annoying not to see her live and Luke James pretty much every time delivers live. So it's annoying that I couldn't get to see him in the present. Um, saying that, as Chope said, Mary J. Blige was amazing. She actually, ironically, was my first ever concert. Um, and because I went with my mum. <laughs> yeah, she she just had a spare ticket and I was like, F it, I'll go. So um, yeah, it was amazing to see. I think it was um, the Just Fine era and... Um, yeah, it was amazing. She literally does the whole thing, like gets on the floor, all of that kind yes. of stuff. So to like, yes. she's one of those eyes, you know what I mean? If you're going to get the full experience, she's going to literally mm-hmm. sing every word, mm-hmm. every note, every... Mm-hmm. And we all know, you know, Mary isn't the best of the best of the best vocalist, but she delivers in terms of her live experiences of her songs on her album. And we all can attest to that, I think. Um, she was amazing. Literally, as Chope said, the cult classics... Um, every era or pretty much every era was touched pretty on. much yeah um, the opening was a bit weird for me I don't know if it, I'm remembering it right but it was to her Drake song um, the one and I was a bit like of all openings but I get it but I don't get it like it's just a bit yeah it's a bit off brand from Mary's whole discography but yeah I, yeah, I actually I was like oh you still perform this yeah I was like, like oh, oh, like, oh the th- one th- Drake oh, this Drake is, doesn't acknowledge this song I was like this, this is still in your set interesting okay. um, but it was it was a great set um, overall and she get, she literally gave you your money's worth if you paid mm-hmm. for the ticket you paid for mm-hmm. Mary she was on the bill she gave you that full experience um, elsewhere um, I would say some others fell short um, Tim Timberland was a, <laughs> genuine was a uh, fucking mess. Yeah, genuine <laughs> was atrocious. Genuine's old lover came out to play <laughs> for, half, for like half um, an hour, half an hour. So we thought it was just going to be two songs. You know, Raheem Devon came on to shake um, his hand. Yeah, it was just a bit of a mess. A mess. He was doing the baby with big heads like um performing and big bobbleheads and stuff i was a bit like is this the baby his backing his backing singers carried to set yeah um gene wine was atrocious yeah differences and so um he did but he did it for like five seconds then did billy jean yeah it was it was it was a hot mess what about so anxious Yes, he did do that yeah. song, but okay. like he did like, but once again, his singers, his background singers sang the song. Carried his carried, whole performance, basically. He just, um, yeah. Yeah. One artist I'm going to say that I love, and I think Shopper will, um, he'll know that I'll say this, but um, I loved from the new generation, Normani. Yes. And um, she, I got to see, so basically me and Shopee split because Shopee wanted to see Lucky Day, who I've seen live before. And I wanted to see Normani. She was definitely a vocal point of the new generation that I wanted to see. And she's imp- not only improved vocally, and we all know that, you know, there's some ways to go for that. Teething issues. Um, but she's definitely delivered vocally um, for Essence and her set, which was about, I'm going to say 30 to 40 minutes around that time frame frame she she killed it and she basically proved to me that she's going through what older generation artists do and really developing and honing in on the craft and what I liked is she mixed some of the her catalog um, it's very small at this point obviously but then she's got the fifth harmony stuff so she mixed all of that with older songs I don't have a specific example but she literally mixed them and then the aunties in the audience who were there were like oh who's this girl like I'm finna fuck with her and all this kind of stuff I was like she's winning over the older crowd who Essence are predominantly for which is 
brilliant to see that she can resonate with both and live and I think her team are integral to that set list and how that was worked in there um she can dance obviously we all know that and she's just she's just really trying to find and develop who she is and I think it's great um and someone from who I think Shopee can probably provide the name but the person who heads up rated R&B made a point on Twitter the other day in terms of the fans need to just Keithian. wait Keithan exactly who we saw um at BET but it was great that he made the point that you know sometimes you have to wait for an artist this is her debut era and there's a lot of time and the same thing I made the mistake of like really pushing her to like where's the album like debut album like it's all we've done the volumes now like let's get the album out but it's really a testament to the artists who want to be here for 10 years, who want to be here for 20 years, who want to be here for a while. Normani does draw comparisons to Beyonce, which I know she loves to shake off and she's definitely working to distinguish herself or try to distinguish herself. So when that lands, it lands. And I think I'm, I'm happy to wait as a fan of hers. I can happily say I'm a fan and like really eager and interested in her career. 100%. So um, I'm happy for her. Same thing with her. She's got enough momentum to wait. Oh, her, fans, her, her, her was, was amazing. Her as was well. fantastic. Let's just put her it on was her. Fantastic. her is one of the best artists in her generation. Let's not say that live and on the albums and um, volume. Sorry that she's released EPs. Her was fucking incredible. She held her, own against artists who have been in this game decades ahead of her she killed her set like she actually bodied her set um should have been longer yeah should have been been a bit longer she had more songs she could have performed styling wise brilliant as well her team are really shaping her into this artist that can do both in terms of um how she looks aesthetically as well um yeah normani killed it from what i heard from shopee lucky day killed it lucky day was Um, brilliant you know, brilliant. all the newer gen- generation artists, or well, most of them that Tiana we saw. Taylor was really good. Tiana, Tiana Taylor, Taylor has stage really presence, good. really held her own against, again, people that have been in the game generations um, after, before her, I'm um, rather. But yeah, all the newer generation artists that we got to see, in my opinion, were great. Um, Shopee had the plug for a BET experience party that we went to, which was great too. We saw DeRay, didn't, ignore, didn't really say hi, but we saw... Um, and then, yeah, there was. I met um, for anyone who watches Pose out there. Oh, yeah. I met the guy who plays Damon. Yep. Um, so that was nice. It was very cool and a very nice guy. Mm. Um, Can I just jump in? I got to see Scotty Beam, guys. Like what? I love Scotty Beam. I got to talk to her for like five minutes. It was what? amazing. I didn't even know like, this. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I got to see her on the Sunday in the um, convention center. So she was watching Mary J. Blige, who has a show coming out, and she was probably in a fangirl, like just typical how she is, all about black women. Then she came down, and I saw. I had to just. I was like Scotty don't go to where you're going we need a conversation what's she like like, she's um, she's exactly exactly how you see her she is i told her that london is just like um eager to her to come over like she just puts on black women i told her to continue to do that um she's oh she's amazing she's amazing and i can only hope to put on people like she does and i i can only hope to follow a trajectory like hers honestly she's she's amazing she's amazing amazing she's amazing it, honestly. amazing and, and I'm, I'm glad I'm she left state of the culture i know lie. you are she's your header um <laughs> i'm glad she wow. left state of the culture too a great move for her um and distinguishing her own brand as well so yeah mm. it was a great experience um and i yeah. i met raheem devon i read i read i met B, bj the chicago kid they were just walking around the convention center so i was like hey hey i'm a fan <laughs> you know you guys are dope yeah. And um, that was really cool. Um, I was going to see if there's anything else I want to, I want to mention. Um, oh, I loved the SWV came out during Tiana's set. Um, is there anything else I want to mention? Um, <coughs> but new edition were a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Like, yeah, they actually put Bobby on a there. show. Yes. Yeah, they Bobby put on a there. show. 
Bobby was like, these guys are pushing 50 and they've gained some weight, but they can still move. Routines were- The routines were on point. Yeah. For for their age. For their age. Considering their age, like 35 years doing it, they were- Really, really good. Honestly, it was a good experience. It really was. And it was great. Just very unorganized. Yeah, it was great to see um, people at the age of aunties and uncles as well really just living their best life. It was actually really fun to see. Um, and some of them, like some of their tops would be like the ratchet one, the da 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 one, just like playing with different um, cultural trends that are like on social media now. And it was just, it was fun. You know, the kids were probably at home and they were just like, F this shit, I've raised how many kids? I'm just going to give live my best life. Like we saw a bunch of gentlemen, like if you watch The Proud Family and you know how like the old men dress with the hats and like the full suits and stuff, we saw a few of them and the walking sticks. I was just like, get your best life, like dress Wait, up. Like all that the, pimps. the pimps, yeah. exactly, the pimps. And it, just, it was just hilarious. People were having fun with it. <laughs> it was just fun it was fun seeing them live their life and I hope when I'm that age I can still have that much fun god willing I make that age shout out oh this wasn't necessarily part of well it was part of Essence Festival so the day before Essence there was Essence in the Park yes it was definitely one of my highlights of the week and we saw Common perform and he was amazing really 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 good set his band was amazing Mm. And he's one of my favorite rappers, so it was nice to see that. Um, and Ari Lennox performed at that BT party too. Killed it. Killed, killed it. it. Killed it. Killed it. Killed it. Killed it. And she did VMO, which is my she, fave. She killed it. And, and she's right. so sweet. But yeah, we've got to move on. Timing. So I'll, yes, I'll, go. I'll be going to New Orleans again. I'll be going to Essence again. Not anytime soon. I want to explore other countries and cities, but New Orleans will definitely see me again. Amazing. It was honestly amazing. But we digress. We'll move on to um, our new section. Um, talking about such great artists, um, it, it's just a shame oh. where we're about to head. Uh, so Alex from Glassdoor. Back What's to about that, bro? the UK. So um, obviously if you've been- Is that actually his stage name? Is that actually his name? No, he uses his full name. Um, Alex something. I don't uh, know. I really thought he was. I thought they signed his name as Alex from Glassdoor. I think there'll be some like copyright issues if he actually did that. <laughs> yeah, from Glassdoor, they'll obviously want some coin off of that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, um, Alex from Glassdoor. So obviously he has risen to a new form of attention quite recently, and he's released his single Alex from Glassdoor. Um, and the visuals via Grime Daily this week. Um, yeah, so it's just really interesting to see where this person's career has come to. I did do the research and he is signed to um, an actual independent imprint. Um, so I did, you know, it's not a major, it doesn't look like a major anyway. Um, but I, yeah, it, start, it sparked up an interesting, you know, conversation online um, in all spheres, in all directions and stuff. But I really want to know what Shopee and Eden think of the single and the visuals. If you watch, because you might not have watched, but um, from what you've heard of snippets and stuff. I'm not surprised. I'm just, I'm used to this now. It's just, you know, the the, um, record labels just prize what they call, record labels prize what they see as already um already made cash cows like okay he's got the social media numbers he's mm-hmm. got the buzz he's really got a lot of press this should in theory work so i'm not even going to get into that because we all know the <laughs> complications around that <laughs> the implications surrounding that i just want to say that the video was hilarious <laughs> just the way he was dressed i'm um, seeing with him without a hat i was like oh this is what your hair looks like and then <sighs> you know how every grand video just has to have a bunch of niggas behind them looking hard so seeing like these 
20 white guys with these Thomas and Brendans and Jasons doing <laughs> these, um, what's the word? Um, Backup dancers. Like, no, 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 no. The caricaturist hood moves oh, and yeah, yeah, hood yeah. hand movements. But, but they're all like from flipping Bristol or something. It's oh, like, we're using caricature. Okay. We're going in that direction today. Uh, would you not say it was caricature? No, I'm just making I, just, I didn't know what line you guys <laughs> stood on because I made it very clear what I said. But yeah, I just thought that but... was hilarious and I just thought this is a great meme. So that's, <laughs> meme? That's all, I, that's all I have to say for Alex from Glasgow. What you know about that, bro? And even the fact, even so, that was the one last yeah, thing. Yeah. The, the name, the name of the single is just so, yeah. It's just so on the nose. Yeah. It's just like, oh, so how, how hood can we make this? Yeah. How, let's go. Oh. And he was even talking about, um, like driving and shit and that, um, girls named Keisha and shit, but you're 15. <laughs> like, and I'm Wait, just. The names, the be, names. To be fair, EO did that in German, that song German as well. And he's too young to drive as well. So he's oh, in my yeah, German yeah. cars. No, but it, I just was just looking at it and I just, Right. It's definitely a caricature. I the names I'm Keisha, 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 Keisha. Like there's clear. We he clearly know anyone, who wrote. He doesn't know anyone called Keisha. There. We, we, he doesn't know anyone called, anyone called Keisha. But that could be an ode except from films. That could be an ode to Tion Wayne. And don't um, use the word Keisha. ode in this context. <laughs> I don't care what it is. You are from Bristol, my son. Anyway, my guy said continue. ode as if we're watching something, some groundbreaking homage. <laughs> Fuck out here. <laughs> Homage, yeah, people were really reaching for the stars. And homage, love- homage, <laughs> homage, homage, and everyone, homage. Everyone, okay, like, cool. everyone was like, why didn't Dave tweet? Because Dave was like, hey, it was just one performance. I'm done now. Yeah. It worked in his favor, though, to be fair. All right, I'm going to give a quick kind of my review of that situation. Um, I definitely, th- okay, this one I'm going to start. I definitely think the track is definitely ghostwritten. Um Duh. <laughs> no but I just I feel like it needs to be said because he did okay. flow pretty well on the song like on the um, the Dave song like when he went up to perform yeah, it, yeah, the flow yeah. was good and everything yeah. he knew the flow and everything yeah, but I, I think that. yeah but that's my point because I think some people think that he can rap just because of that they're conflating yeah. the fact of you reciting lyrics yeah. the fact of you okay cool. anyway. so I'm in two minds I'm going to be completely thought honest so. the second thought one. so I'm going to I'm going to be honest thought so so I I like people that take advantage of a situation where they can ascend and do better for themselves. I like that. The thing that I don't like is the caricatureness of the whole situation. So the fact that you, you basically are, you came to the stage, you performed this song and now white Britain all of a sudden thinks that you're doing amazing things because you rap and Piers Morgan is saying all these things about how it's looking promising. He goes on the Good Morning Britain, is he? That's the show you're on? Um, he goes on that. give credit. To so that. Alex goes on that and um, he's done, like Piers Morgan is dancing along to the song whilst it's playing and stuff. But in the same breath, he's talking about how music is affecting um, black youth and all of these types of things when essentially Alex is making grime um, or like a caricature of what grime is so I have an issue with that I have an issue with the perception the acceptance of this when it comes to a white person making this type of music um, I personally don't blame him for taking advantage of this situation because all of the opportunities that are in front of him, he jumped for it. The one thing I would say he would need to do, um, if he does plan to take like move forward in music and stuff, mm. he needs to openly talk about 
some of he needs to do basically what Macklemore did when um he won the Grammy over Kendrick Lamar and he he wrote White Privilege too and he spoke about um the effects of being white in the music industry and he basically needs to go on a new sh- I'm not saying he needs he to create a song I'm, wait I'm not saying he needs to go on a show well I'm basically I'm not saying he needs to release a song sorry I'm basically yeah. saying that he needs to go on a show and he needs to talk about that I'm I'm basically influenced by these people. He needs to do what Ed Sheeran did when he was voted, I think, number one rapper in the UK by MTV. That, uh, that list. M- on, on, on the list. BBC, and Ed Sheeran had to talk about his influences and Wiley came out and said, how can someone who's influenced by us be number one in the UK? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he needs... And the only thing is, he is quite young at the same time. So I feel like he's, he's, uh, he's oblivious to these type of things. Mm-hmm. So that's partly why I don't really blame him effectively. Yep. I blame society for this. Yep. And um, the industry. And yep, the gatekeepers. And the industry and the gate, yeah. And uh, yeah, I just want to like say that people thought that my, because prelude, like I did a tweet or whatever and people have just been saying positive, negative, like all this kind of stuff. And I think personally that it wasn't, and I disclaimed that after, that it wasn't Alex that I'm mad at. It's the, it, like you said, it's mm. the industry, it's the people. And all these people who are in the industry quote tweeting and saying, he's just having fun, he's just having fun. Okay, this is how the genre is in the place that it's at right now. This is how we lost hip hop. This is how all of this, oh, they're just having Have fun. Have we lost oh, hip hop? having fun. And how or how the it, how it became industrialized and how the gatekeepers of hip hop now pretty much to a large extent aren't people of our color they never let's were, be real though. were they well back in the day there was a realm to be able to do that and there was like the gatekeepers in terms of like people could have started yeah, what did you labels, say? people could have i said they never were black the no it's in like hip-hop. no but you could have started record labels you could have done this but it's the allowance mm. of that which has caused the erasure but, but you could you could I'll have say started, maybe in america you you could could have started, yeah no, no i'm not talking about hip-hop here i'm talking about hip-hop no in america. but you could have That's started a record label but they were usually behind the scenes yeah it, it wasn't black people that were doing all the executive deals and stuff like that okay so, but there was still an authenticity from a radio perspective what do you mean in terms of like radio, a lot station. of radio personalities were black. Yeah, back in. But the who day. owns the station? That's but who owns the station? No, but then still, the, even the programming back then, they allowed for the right type of sounds to come through. And even on the color thing, Dev, the likes of Devlin, the likes of other people, they make authentic sounds. They're like, yeah. actually, so I don't mind, people trying to make it a race thing. I literally don't care if you're Eminem in hip hop, for example, and I hate that that's the most used example, but whatever. But I don't mind white people making music because like when there was that grime argument or whatever, like there clearly were white kids on the block. There clearly are white working class people who were in those basements and stuff like that, listening, creating mm-hmm. the sounds, all of that. And they were MC and when they mm-hmm. were just MCs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would never say that white people couldn't make it, but someone like Alex is clearly caricaturing it. Just like when fucking Cher Lloyd made the swagger jagger and using all these euphemisms and stuff like that. I'm just like, what are you doing? Like this has been done, honey G, this has been done time and time again. And there's a serious, there's a difference between a serious, there's a difference between a serious white artist and a ser- even a serious black Black artist who just mocks music and then after it's just like oh, um, sh- oh, I didn't say it but like people who just like the labels make simplified <laughs> versions of the genre and then it erases over time so people saying literally Alex oh it's just for fun it's just for this it's just for that that's what leads us to our situation where the genres just get too mixed up and you don't you almost don't know what's going on anymore you mm. don't know what sounds like what who sounds like who and all of that and to be honest in the UK that is what could happen could could to like 
afro swing and all that kind of and afro beats and all of that kind of stuff like that and i hate to talk about it because i'm not from the region to which it was created in at least not my media history but it could happen you know and i've spoken to many west africans who helped originate that genre afro beats and afro beat and all of that and it's 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 at a place it's at a similar place if we don't if we don't i mean didn't didn't yg just do bummer car on like burner boys bummer class bummer cards or whatever on <laughs> so, I so i know i'm talking about a lot of different things but what i am saying is i respect i can respect a white person who's genuinely been a part of the movement and genuinely does work i mean slow ties no yeah slow ties not completely white okay but he's like, mixed race. yeah he's mixed race as well so like I'm, it's not just a black I'm saying black people on their own should only make grime music. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm really not saying that, but Alex is a clear caricature and you guys can see it. It's not just a bit of fun. These have, um, these have consequences and culture and music are not separated. They are together. So just on that quickly, um, because I know we have to move through the next topics. Sorry. Yeah. Do you blame GRM daily for putting them on his channel on their channel? Yeah. I think, and what, what do you think it means? Okay. It's an so obviously Grime Daily, um, GRM Daily. G, sorry, GRM. My bad. GRM Daily. Yeah, they. It was announced that obviously it was going to premiere on there. They do a lot of premieres, and there have been a lot of black artists who have had silly songs on there and whatever. It happens. But what I wasn't just critiquing them doing it of Alex. This this literally has been done time and time again in terms of not just a not just Alex as a white person being caricature their platform if they really claim to care for the culture it literally does say on their site cult like something about culture and all that kind of stuff and I've seen that they rep they regularly represent the culture and stuff like that. They even have award shows, all that kind of stuff. They clearly have a stake in what's mm -hmm. going on in mm -hmm. black, British or urban music in mm -hmm. the UK. They clearly do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So if if their principles are about the culture and all of that kind of stuff and protecting the culture and all that kind of stuff then wouldn't that mean culture protecting the music within that culture mm -hmm. as well? Do you think and make it and helping to make that distinction mm -hmm. between serious artists and artists mm -hmm. that are just having fun. Cause I don't mind, you can have a platform to push those kind of artists that are just making silly music, but let's distinguish what it actually is. And I think there's a definition problem in particularly the UK, but in the US as well, there's a definition problem in terms of what's going on. Cause if people are calling this on obviously either a homage to um, grime or grime outright, you know, in yeah. publication, I've seen it so um literally it conflating the two is just wrong this isn't this isn't directly grime it's obviously grime inspired but it's a mockery of grime and okay. it's clearly it a mockery of grime it it, the, from the visuals to the quiche quiche like who the fuck's quiche like literally like the narrative all, the, the narrative video. the narrative of the video it's not a serious video it's not an intentioned well thought out artistic kind of thing it's literally just a comedic it was literally honey a mood board. Mood board. exactly they were like ticker this ticker that bucket hat all board. of that da, 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 da. and all of that so, so got, oh, sorry actual question so to be to like be devil's advocate right now and i want to hear from yeah both yeah, of you. yeah um what about the argument saying that grm daily are doing this so that they can get to a basically it's all about viability right so now they, they, they basically it, want more people to come to their website from different backgrounds different demographics okay um, so they can become, I'm guessing, the sole place for music in the UK. Okay. That's just my thought process. Of, do you mean uh, like uh, the urban 
music. No, style, I just which think in general, general that's why they're okay. doing things like okay. this. Okay, cool. Well, no, because they don't cover other, other styles of music. They cover other music only. It's, it's like grime. I thought drill. they do R and B. They do R and B, and they do. They, they do have covered R. They no, have but, released no, R and B videos. But like Nick said, urban music. You're making out as if they were going to do all of music. They stick in grime. No, but this is the point that I'm trying to make. So you're saying they expand. So in a sense, so playing devil's advocate right now, like this isn't an opinion that I agree with. What if someone was to say that they're doing things like this so that they can reach new audiences? Okay. So they're basically, they have people like Alex on the show that so that they can bring that new audience Mm -hmm. and then they can elevate the actual scene, the people that they think deserve to be. I I disagree with that. Go on. I think they're not really bringing new audiences because I think we're very much aware that there's a lot of white people in this country that listen to grime music Mm -hmm. and are fans of grime artists. And even in terms of the industry, most of the prominent white women in grime are white. What? Most of the prominent white women in grime behind the scenes are white. Most like from, from a business For a business, yeah, yeah. from a business yeah, standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, Wait, which which most, agree. I don't understand. Most of the prominent white women in grime are yeah, white. So, so, yeah. Okay. So people behind the scenes. It, um, do you mean white women? What do you? So are you saying most people behind the scenes in grime are, are white. white women? Oh, white, okay. White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, 100. Yeah, I think. Yeah. What did you think I said? No, you said most of the prominent white women in grime are white. Sorry. Most yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you meant. Most of the prominent women behind the scenes in grime are white. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, a lot of them yeah. do radio. A lot of them who work for some of these websites. Yeah. I'm not going to say any names. And some others. We know are, these aren't black. A lot of them are white. Yeah. To the point where, like, you got me at a, at a go because she's written actually several articles in the Guardian about this. She's like, where are the black women in grime? Yep. So she, I, yeah. So I don't, I disagree with the fact that it's a new audience because a lot of white people are already tuned in to the grime lifestyle, the grime sound, the grime state. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are. And I can even say this just from my own experience going to festivals like I saw Dave at Park Life um, like two months ago um, it was just kind of mad seeing a bunch of obviously we can all enjoy our music whatever but n- nearly everyone in that crowd was white it reminds me of your experience when you went to go see No Name oh yeah when it was, well yeah exactly like, the parallels exactly. exist the exactly. parallels that, are there and that too but even then but the No Name thing is different because I told you our friend shout out to Jade she went <laughs> She went the day before and it was the opposite yeah so I don't know maybe just the day I went yeah that's when everyone came all the whites came out but still it's a it's a valid point that yeah. it's funny how someone music that is seen as so black and so authentic to our experience and our culture is like Hmm. Mm. But saying that, back to the Nolan experience, when I was lining up, I was talking to these two white guys who knew the they knew their shit. It yeah. wasn't like it was fun for them or just like, oh, I just like. Yeah. They proper, they they knew yeah. what they were talking about. And they, you're paying our black, you are paying our black artists. So I don't have an issue with white people as a whole. There are genuinely white people in this scene who are genuine. Who are who for the love, culture. Love the culture. Mm. Who actually know their history. Do you know what I mean? Even in the US, you know, Peter Rosenberg, like clear big mm. example, mm. the person that does um, For the Record on Genius, like mm. clearly mm. know their history. And I love mm. them. I literally follow their work. I love mm. them. Um, but what my point is, is when it gets to a point where, okay, so to take your point about GRM, if they are preserving, growing all of that, you won't have anything to grow because of the erasure that you've had a part in building once you do get to that level. You have to be, there's there's a, there's a balance between being authentic and just being a cash cow. And people try to tell me the music business about money. I know the music business. I'm, I know that I'm it's about either. money. Like we can, it's a business. People go into recording sometimes for cash. Most of the times for cash. People songwrite for cash. It's clear. But there has to be a line, you know, authenticity is being lost very much so in the UK, just like that article about the, the where are the black women in grime? Like, and I want to make one last point. Alex, 
has already has a massive profile. Ryan Bailey didn't have to premiere that. He could have they his his team could have got someone else. But obviously because his team know that to get the um I guess the the authority of all Grime Daily mm. are premiering as opposed to the Fader or Bonafide Mac. But you got Grime Daily to do that. It's like, okay, so we have an endorsement from the people of this culture. Mm. So they were like, we got it from those fucking niggas. We got those endorsements. Get from these niggas on board. <laughs> get, 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 get those monkeys on board. <laughs> basically, basically. Basically. And that's what it is. It is. We're, yeah, we're because seeing, yeah. They, he could have got premiere anyway. He could have got premiere on L Magazine, Independent. He could have got it anywhere. Yeah, he was in very, he was in different circles. Like, he was in very, his yeah, he team, was in like, circles. he's, he's, he got, he went viral. He was a massive news story. He could have got premiered anywhere. Mm. But they just, they knew it had to be Grime Daily. Yeah. They knew it had to be there or Link Up. Yeah. They knew. And it's just really annoying. Like, this is going to be my last point. It was going to be really yeah. succinct as well. I just think that people, some people in the UK, and I love the UK, it's not like I'm putting it down, but why are we so sensitive and so accommodating? Like, why can't you say these opinions? Why is it seen as, he's, oh, like, he's just having fun, shut up. Like, you can have critique. I didn't mind him doing the fucking Glastonbury. I had no problem with that. Like, there was no problem. Was clear, just it's clearly the other people, the Pierce Morgans who are flippant and hate us but then you want to love us when it's a different face and a different colour. So as you said, Eden, at the beginning, it's society mm. and the institutions that purport this kind of behaviour. So that's literally, it's not Alex himself, it's the people around him. He he genuinely clearly loves hip-hop and grime. He clearly does. He could have made a more authentic effort if he even wanted to be an artist or work in the industry. He could have done, he could have done whatever. I don't care about him loving our, our genres or genres that we had a large part in creating just about authenticity yeah. how you'd love show that appreciation anyway let's move on um i'm gonna stick in the uk just as we're here so um mel b obviously spice girls had a big tour this summer which has done really well um so she was on heart okay <laughs> and obviously there was a little game that she was playing um, I love Mel B. Mel B don't give a fuck. She's a great personality. She's too. never she's never yeah. given a fuck in her life. Even when she was doing judging, when I did watch Judge Show, she she was she's a great judge. You know, great opinion. Brutally honest. Brutally Always. honest. Straight to the point. Always. No hedging. No filter. You know. Yeah. She no don't, filter. She don't care. Exactly. Um, so she um, got asked, obviously, which artist outright do you think is the most overrated? You know, radio stations they have a bit of fun with their guests. So. Um, she said Ariana Grande's brilliant live. Um, praised Miley Cyrus, weirdly enough. Said she's a brilliant musician. Um, musician? She did. <laughs> um, she said, okay, this is the exact statement that caused a bit of issues, um, apparently. But um, everyone's really good. All the artists out there are really good at doing their own thing. Hold on, let's have a think. Jessie J. So she's answering the question of who's overrated. So she said Jessie J. Um, Jessie J at this point is yet to comment, I believe. No, she did say something. Oh, she did? Did she? Did she? Um, didn't it say in the article that you sent? No, her no. fans said stuff. Oh, okay. So her no, fans no. have gone off on the, obviously, stands, you know, a bit crazy. So they've obviously gone in. Um, not Mel B calling Jessie J overrated when she's close to singing off her retirement. Pa home papers and still sings I wanna I wanna I wanna girl the only thing you want to zigzag is a career Woo! <laughs> Woo! okay that was a bit of a sting um, and then the second one is no one even talks about JCJ anymore and I don't think she even makes music anymore and why that's so um, funny that's really <laughs> she ironic released, but, she's um, she released, released 40 yeah, piece lost yeah. <laughs> she's literally she's active she, and she's songwrites she's active and she's been on tour anyway and she um, won a competition 
Um, what did she do to Mel B? So yeah, what are you guys' thoughts? Can I can I just read a headline Mel? really quickly? Go on. So the muse, this is so rude. The muse <laughs> wrote is this a headline. About Jesse, is this yeah, it's about okay. Jesse J. And it says, clap if you know who Jessie J is, but not what she sings. That's bang, so- bang, into the room. That's So I can clap. So no one clapped. So <laughs> the reason why I brought this up, I wanted to put, discuss this is yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously I don't care that Melby said this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I, I think Melby's hilarious. I love, I love she is funny. I'm watching her speak. She's always been a bad bitch than the real one. Uh, forever cast like Victoria for not doing the reunion. I love it. Fam. I love it. Fam. Um, She's mad. But I thought it was interesting because for two things, because obviously she was asked who out popping right now. Jesse J hasn't been popping for like five years. So I, so I was kind of confused why she brought her up. Like Jesse J has not had a hit in, in five years. Mm. And then also I thought it was interesting because this has been a common theme on Twitter about the UK failed Jesse J blah 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 so I just thought it'd be interesting to bring that up and my thing good with choice the, by and the my way. thing with the, this whole Mel B situation is that I do think um, the UK did not fail Jesse J had a great run let's not get that twisted Jesse J has like 11 top 10 singles 4 number 1 singles Brit Award nominations Melbourne nomination like she had a great run um, you're saying like it's done she is done Literally, no, she is. and this is what people need to Wiki, like. Even no, Wikipedia will no, tell no, you. No, no, like she'll forever, yeah. she'll forever, like you know, she has a fan base. Yeah, she'll yeah, forever yeah, work. Yeah, she can always go on tour. She can. She can. And there she are people who, who and like I personally loved those forty people about last year. I thought it was the best work she's ever done in her life because I always wanted her to make a, a solidified, real R and B salt project because. No, I know that's what she's wanted, mm. but she always felt pressure by her label to do these yeah, poppy the songs. Pop. So I was like vindicated. Like I finally got the project that I always wanted from her mm. and I know that she wanted. So mm. I'm looking forward to seeing where she goes as an artist because I know she, she don't care anymore. She knows she, <laughs> yeah. she, she, she don't care anymore. Yeah. So I will probably be a supporter of her because she is when, hands down an incredible singer, incredible vocalist. But um, no, she had a very good run. Let's not act like she had like one hit 10 years ago. No, she mm. had. She has a lot of hits, like a lot. Mm. <laughs> and she broke America, like Grammy nominated. Like JJ had a, a good run. Yeah. But, um, so I just don't know why Mel B brought her up. But no, the UK did not fail her. I <laughs> to make, bring that up. The UK did not fail yeah. her. Should she probably still be more popping than now? Yes, definitely. I do think she could have had a longer run. Definitely. Yeah. But, you know, things happen and mm-hmm. politics and whatnot. And then for some reason, I've, I don't know why. Maybe you two can answer this. But I feel like the public don't... She apparently isn't likable. Yeah, I read. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, in yeah. the article, the voice they'll, stuff. Yeah, they're talking about. But the, the thing voice. is, I watched it. I didn't see why she was. On, I watched her that year. I didn't see why she was unlikable. She was I on there more than one year. Though. She, was she, she had years. like two or th- two seasons. Yeah, and then, yeah nah, she, three. It was, it was like three. Three. Um, so I think that with the whole UK felt like th- there was a discussion earlier this year, and I think definitely she had. I highlighted this like her wins and like what she did and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, if anything, it's just the audience confusion of sound and stuff like that. I think. I, that, I, no, go on. Go, oh, confused, yeah, right? confused. I just think, obviously, where the label pressure is shopping, it just didn't sound like how we see Jessie J mm. and what it was meant to mm-hmm. sound like mm. in our head. And we mm-hmm. knew it. She She couldn't sell the songs like into the in terms of the later half of her career obviously easy pop hits easy pop hits you can get that Rio Ora still does that to an extent um but in terms of Jessie J I just feel and 
the songs, it was just like, even the one with two changes, it was like, oh, the sex God. appeal was yeah. like not, and I'm, yeah. this is not, I'm not, we're not trying to do sex, being sexist, all this kind of stuff. I'm just saying it didn't, it wasn't an authentic, sex. it wasn't an authentic to her and how she, how I feel like if she was doing a creative project, wholly independent, how she would do it. It just didn't sound, the sounds were just not coming through. And the bang bang was just, it just became a vocal competition with Nikki in the middle of <laughs> who can sing the most live, like Ariana versus Jessie. And which is a bit of a mess and even though that was a really good even song though, even though song. Jesse washed Ariana but <laughs> someone has a fuller voice a fuller voice but um, anyway um, I with just, that, I just want to add just on, to your on, point on, on. on the um, voice situation the one thing that kind of made a few people not like Jesse J and I noticed this when I was actually watching the show yeah. whenever they had this thing where the like one of the contestants had to sing with the artist Jesse J would go in but like, everyone does that no 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 like to the no. fact that she would she would run she would do runs and riffs over the, the person she's put the person Nicole Scherzinger did it no 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 Jennifer Hudson did the yes, same thing Kelly Rowland even did it literally no Jennifer Hudson's doing it right now so literally I think what Jessie J suffers from and this is outside the judging arena as well when she does award shows and stuff is that Christina Aguilera problem where you just overdo yeah, yeah, yeah. it really try and sell yourself particularly when she was trying to break America she really was like I'm next to J-Hard I've got to do this I'm oh my god you saw the performance the that performance was a fucking mess it was sorry, a mess it, it was sorry, and I, I forgot where this. it was but it's a I'll mess I'll say it it's a VH1 Divas 2013 yes, it was that so J-Hard and Jesse J sang some Motown song together and it was literally a screaming match. It was literally who can out belt, who can out school, who yeah. can out growl. Jesse, what? Jenny, Jennifer Hudson won anyway. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and I remember watching it. I was like 17, 18. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the audience are in kerfuffle right now. Like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Happening. It was like, just a, a mess. It was a shuddering mess, a honestly. Mess. Um, yeah. Oh my god, the Tasmanian devil. It was. was really trying to break America then too. So it was god, really. It was just like going for and it. And Jessie does have this inner thing where she's like, because she's made it clear that her favorite singers are black. She's, yeah, she loves her. Her Brandies, her Aretha's, her Whitney's. She's and mentioned Tina too. Yeah, she's like her gospel singers like yeah, Kimberell. Yeah, Kimberell. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, great. She's always given homage to the black yeah. people before her. Yeah. But like, I feel like she always tries to like, yeah, I can sing black too. Prove herself. Yeah. That's what it is. And she's got an embedded thing and she has. When she just sings naturally, she's a beast. Yeah, like she's, she's you can sing already. It's not it's fine. not like she's trying to like no. she's a beast. Easy, she can easily, blow. Yeah. She can yeah, sing. Yeah. Like, if you listen to her albums, like, the girl can sing. Mm. That was never one of her issues, in my opinion. But yeah, no, but yeah. So somewhere along the line, like, her likability just went down the drain and it just kind of has... it hasn't left her. Yeah. I don't know why. I recognise that on the voice, and just to pre, um, just to put this into context, I think British media do this a lot with um, outspoken personalities. There's a race issue. Alexandra Burke, Jennifer Hudson, they get it too. Um, but I think, yeah, with Jessie J, she just came across on the voice as unlikable. And like Eden said, I recognise some of those traits. It was. I, I, I don't want to say she's inherently an unlikable person. I just think I how she. she is. No, no, no. Because I've watched some of the voice things live like like i got free tickets or something but i think how yeah i think the me- british media don't like outspoken louder personalities mm. and she fits into that bill mm. she's bubbly you know she's yeah. got that bubbly presence because some know? people you can tell are a bitch some people yeah literally you can literally- i don't think i don't think <laughs> i don't think she's one of those people no i don't no, think no, she, no, i don't no, think no. she's, she's like- not no i don't think i think she's very hard working i'll give yeah. her that i think she's she she's dedicated to the craft she um she i think she always was <laughs> 
Um, and she, yeah, she just loves music. I think that's, yeah. she literally loves music. But I think that definitely has that inherent thing of wanting to prove herself amongst the black singers. Mm. I think that's what, you know, the mm. vocal wise things just mm. made her seem a bit too mm. hungry. Just and a unfo- bit too, and unfortunately, by the time she finally was making music she wanted to make, yeah. the public had made that decision. Yeah. But like I said, if you are listening to CJ, don't stop. I'm looking forward to your next project. Like I said, and I actually want to say it now, for those who did listen to it, listen to her Rose, um, four EPs. I do need to go. They were really good. They were. They were really they good. Were they were great. They were great. Like, um, if it, if it was an album, it would have been in my top 10 of 2018. If it was yeah. actually like mm. an album, it was really good. It was fire. Um, so I look forward to her next project. Um, I wouldn't even mind seeing her live. Like, so I wish her the best, but mm. um, don't mind what Mel B says. Like Mel B, you know, legendary group, you can't sing anyway. So, um, you know, um, it's a fact. You know, Mel C, carry, Mel C carries the Spice Girls. Um, big so, facts you know, as well yeah. big facts mm-hmm. yeah Victoria didn't want to embarrass herself mm-hmm. on that tour well mm-hmm. amongst other reasons so. <laughs> 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 oh dear um, but she, apparently she's joining the Glastonbury next year so oh to do what? the check was big enough <laughs> Le- legit as well, the this is the thing I wanted to say I love Victoria Beckham so Victoria Beckham didn't even do a damn thing but she's earning like 300k from this tour anyway of course she, that's of fire of course that's fire I you respect know. that so I love the fact she's that she's about the bag because she obviously has um equal stake in the Spice Girls licensing and yeah, well, she still is earning racks from this tour. Mm. Yeah, for yeah, doing yeah. nothing. I love sitting it. Sitting on a beach. Sitting on a beach. Enjoying. With David and the kids. Mm. I do rate her entrepreneurship. Oh, 100%. I do rate that. And I do, yeah, 100%. I do rate her business endeavors over the years as well. Um, yeah. Definitely leverage her brand. Eden, any thoughts before we crack on? No, not on this, no. Okay, cool. Um, political, political, political now. Um, so ASAP Rocky charged with assault over fight in Sweden. Um, so he's remained in custody in Stockholm for about a month now. It's coming up to a month. Um, so he was charged over the assault, um, in a fight which took place last month. So the prosecutor, Daniel, um, Sonizen said in a statement on Thursday that he had filed charges against the artist and two members of the rapper's entourage, having come to the conclusion that the events in question constitute a crime and despite claims of self-defense and provocation. So, um... What do you guys think Ooh. of this whole situation? That's, yeah, that's pretty much what I have to summarize. So what do you guys think of the whole situation of ASAP Rocky? It's political. Political, very you know, political. I'm just out here in Camden. I'm wearing top man. <laughs> I'm, wearing, I'm wearing nice. No, I'm out here wearing Zara. I'm out here fucking these hoes. You know... Who am I, Malcolm X or something? <laughs> All right, so if you didn't get that reference, <laughs> let me explain that reference. Uh, so, okay, so there's a, there's a bit of controversy around this ASAP Rocky situation. Woo, Chile! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's a bit of controversy around this ASAP Rocky situation because in the past, when it's come to Black Lives Matter and um, a few instances where people have either been killed by police or gone to prison, and there was an interview, I can't remember what it was on, but someone asked ASAP Rocky about the Black Lives Matter movement. Mike Brown especially. Yeah. And he said, basically, he why does he have to talk about it just because he's black? Yeah. He's in Hollywood or Beverly Hills or Beverly, whatever. Beverly Hills. And apartment. he wears LV and all these type of things. He doesn't live I'm in that Soho. lifestyle. Yeah, he um, said I'm in Soho as But well. now... Now, and also, yeah. he's made co- um, colorist statements about bl- dark skin black women yeah. and lipstick. Yeah, lipstick. Yeah, yeah. So there's wearing a, red or purple lipstick. Yeah, there's a barrage of like 
things history, that, he's, that, he's, that he's done in the past. And as a result, when he's gone to prison now and people are boycotting Sweden. Um, Even though he couldn't get released because they don't have bail there legally. Yeah. Do the reading. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So I'm going to get into my opinion of this. Basically, I'm against people going to prison for things they didn't do, obviously. And in the situation, I watched some videos. He did fight back. They were following him around, though. Um, they th- There was a woman that came up to ASAP and said that one, the guy slapped her ass um, and the headphones were broken in the situation. All of these things did happen. And, of course, innocent man shouldn't have gone to prison. I don't... I support people who support me and my people, personally. Um, and I, this is the thing. I'm... I'm I'm always in two minds when it comes to things like this because I do believe in cancel culture, but I, I don't at the same time I believe in redemption culture. So there's a side of me that's like, you said these things that are very dangerous to us as a people yeah. and our movements to make sure that when bad things happen to us, we have our, the backing of our people. You as an influencer, as a person who's supposed to be in the upper echelon of um, black Americans, decide, well, black Americans in music, you decided to comment on this and say, you don't feel like you should be part of this. So I do believe in redemption culture and I do believe that that ASAP Rocky was him in the moment. He might have changed his opinions privately or whatever, but publicly he did say these things. But saying that, I just, I get why people don't feel the need to rally behind this. I get why people are just like, if it was someone else, would these same people come out and say things? He thought, he he got upset with the fact that the guy slapped his, a girl's ass, but he's hanging out with Ian Connor who has 20 mm. something allegations against raping women. Mm. So I'm just like, mm. why are you getting angry mm. if there's all these cases against the person that you're friends with? Yeah. So the, uh, I'm big on authenticity. I'm big on people and let's keep being it who they're supposed to be. Mm. But at the same time, I feel like he's not very authentic. Mm. And the fact that he's gone to prison for this is a shame. And the Donald Trump thing is complete bullshit, by the way. That is just him trying to be all political. and it's pandering. Yeah, it's pandering towards Again, that. Again, the Prime mm. Minister can't get involved in cases over there. No. Do the reading. Yep. Again. And let's keep like, it, let's keep it, let's reading. keep it real. ASAP did assault this person. Yeah. He, he did. But in self-defense do it. Though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's not assault it. if you, if, if it's in self-defense, it's not assault. In law. In, in legally if someone is attacking you and harassing you and you defend yourself mm. it's not assault mm. yeah it's not it's not categorized mm. as assault so i i wouldn't i wouldn't say he assaulted someone because if the person didn't attack him he wouldn't have felt yeah. the need to retaliate i feel like there's a lot of things so i of i um have learned some lessons this morning which um yeah i like I'm, I'm i'm big about growth and big about learning and stuff like that so i obviously put out a story about asap this morning um on what on Instagram just about how the case is bringing out different things and I agree in terms of what Eden said in terms of I get why people don't care particularly black women particularly the Black Lives Matter movement whatever um but I just want to like clear a few things I want to just say like number one I don't think I think it's the people around ASAP and all that who have kind of created this campaign Mm. and kind of thing around him I don't think he specifically said unless I'm missing something, he specifically called on black people to rally against him. Um, 
so I think it's people around him that have created this campaign and of course sparked this conversation. Number two, I'd just say read up on the law over in um, Sweden um, because you'll find out a lot of things like he wasn't being able to release um, you're not allowed to get released on bail or there's very stringent bail laws over there. The prime minister can't get involved because of the very uh, deliberate attempt to separate the judicial and executive bodies. This is just political talk here, but basically the obviously the PM doesn't want to get involved in issues such as crime and stuff like that and justice. Um, and that's a long-standing trend over there. Um, I also want to say that I think personally, from a personal standpoint, so you're obviously about authenticity and people doing for you and all that kind of stuff um but i think yeah i think council culture number one isn't a real thing Mm. uh and i think that i all i think that personally where i'm coming from justice has to be for all so if there is any flaws in this judicial case i think that as a black person i wouldn't want to see him in jail i wouldn't um but I get why people don't care about the case, but mm. I think I'm a person where, because if we as black people start judging, saying, oh, you've made those past comments, you shouldn't, you should be in jail, like forget you should be in jail then, which some people have actually stated that they, that's their viewpoint. I think that's when you become like white people who or like white supremacy also and like picking and choosing and all that kind of thing. I think it should be for all. Hopefully, I want to say that authenticity comes through and he genuinely learns from these lessons, but we can't preempt what he's going to do, what he can't do. But I would hope that these prison conditions for a month, which is hard for probably anyone, um, teach him something about the judicial system in his country and where he's from and how black bodies are at a disproportionate level and um, are under stringent conditions there. And some actually in jail for because they can't post bail for three four years now mm-hmm. so yeah i am for him getting released if it is uh truly a flaw in the case and um it's some, something's gone wrong there but you know a trial's coming up there sweden is to announce that next week so we'll see what happens uh donald trump is very performative clearly his team didn't do the law and the, the work because it wouldn't have impacted the case anyway no, but he, um, he doesn't care he's just doing that i know that's like, what i'm saying that's yeah. what i'm saying so he's been very performative and you know kanye west kim kardashian did you do the work because kim aren't you being a i'm starting to be a lawyer did you did you do the work before you arched oh, trump to try and get involved <laughs> Um, is that another performative movie? I think it's kind of weird um, that Kim and Kanye just have access to the president like that. I know, they're just like, hey, girl. Like, this is like an episode of Simpsons, to be honest. It, like, we're like, in, living in Simpsons oh, times. Right my now. good friends, Kanye and Kim just call me, like, just like that. Like, he tw- like, literally tweeted that. Like, <laughs> just like, just like, like is, that, is, is that how it works? So like, it's like it, FaceTime thing now. Like, <laughs> okay, cool. It's Insta DMs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, like, I completely get why people don't care. I completely get why pe- people have every right to not care. Um, I wouldn't say I said. don't care. I just no 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 not you but some people literally no. I'm gonna sip some drinks like we're gonna celebrate that he's no. in jail I'm like that's not what no. I'm about to I that's all the hill I'm dying on I definitely feel sorry for him he should he shouldn't be in jail because it was I'm um, an act of self defense and he obviously posted those other videos as a way to obviously get it out to the media so he could get his side of the story yeah out. so yeah, I don't yeah. and obviously I think he's I'm an idiot yes yeah hundred percent but no. And I'm hearing like he's in terrible conditions, like he's not even eating properly, stuff like that. That's obviously not great. But like, I think it was you. Hopefully he comes out. Oh, no, it was you. Yeah. Hopefully he does come out and, you know, he starts, you know, he has a clearer mindset and he's more cognizant of what it means yeah. to be in situations in his own mm. country. Like, I yes. hope he kind of comes out a bit more radicalized and a bit with, you know, with a meek meal mentality. I was going to say that. 
kind of thing. Like, you know. I don't want it to be performative. I want it to be genuine. Neither do I. Like 21 Savage, like how he yeah. learned almost about immigration but, things. Oh uh, yeah, and stuff but like I that. hope he like, he's in there right now thinking about, hmm, okay, this is what maybe my brothers and sisters are going back, yeah. going through back home, blah, 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 blah. 100%. XYZ, like, okay, maybe it's not all about Beverly Hills and, and white girls named Tracy. Um, so yeah. Hmm. Then um, just want to put it out there as well. People just, um, this case is all constantly updating. Um, the lawyer that's involved in the case actually did say that there's apparently some evidence that the police have that's not on social media that suggests that mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. is a bit more deeper than Don't what we've think. seen on the video. So mm-hmm. we'll wait for the trial. I hope it's a fair trial um, and we'll see what happens. Can I just say one thing? This is just a point that quick discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Has anyone else noticed that a lot of rappers have been going to prison lately? TK yeah. went to prison yeah. for that murder lyric. He's going, he's, he's literally going to for 55 years. ASAP Rocky, in our, in our country, un- Unknown T's recently gone to prison. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. 21 Savage. 21, 21. Savage. Um, Meek Mill. But do you remember back in the day, this was like a few years ago, it was almost like Six celebrities <laughs> were exempt from going to prison. Like they were always getting probation or they were, they were either getting like a... Community, a community, or home. What's it called when you're home? Stuck? Home arrest. Oh, yeah. really? Gucci Under house arrest. So Gucci was in prison. Little Wayne was in jail. Little Wayne. Yeah, Little Wayne. Little Wayne was in jail. Little Wayne, yeah, Little Wayne was in jail. That was, that was a T. big I celebration. Was in jail. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I know. I know what you mean. I know I think, what you mean. I think what is happening in music for our generation, the younger artists, is that their lyrics. There's a lyrical warfare now, so the police are very much on it in the um, legal case so there was an article on dj booth this week actually about how um it's um by yo obviously yo williams by doing um so we're dancing to music obviously the bobby schmurder mm. all that kind of even six nine stuff like that and it's actually stuff that's later going to get them in prison so yeah. there's a lot there's a warfare on the younger generation mm. particularly in drill trap all that kind of stuff and the criminalization of that yeah. and it's being used mm-hmm. a lot and i think the parallels draw back to the 80s in hip-hop where okay. the law establishments were almost um tapping into the gang warfare and the beef. I think there's a specific, there's something changing here. There's okay. something changing again. And there's a manifestation of almost like you, well, were, you were being watched. It, well, you were being watched. As things like Nick always says, things are cyclical. This yeah. happened with, with the era of gangster rap. Gangster rap too. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, NWA, Ice-T, yeah. all rappers like that. They they had a lot of issues with the police and their lyrics were used as evidence. As evidence. Yep. To and it's happening here too so it's really interesting that it's actually um across the atlantic that is happening mm. in drill um and it's happening in u.s mm-hmm. genres u.s equivalents of drill mm-hmm. and trap in particular as Someone well needs to write an article about yeah. that journalists um, out there yeah I, well yo yo got it on dj booth so i think but yeah iterations of the how it's connecting across the world i think would be great yeah someone um, needs to write that yeah yeah Shop, eh? <laughs> do you want to take a stab at the head? <laughs> I, I, oh, don't, I don't write, guys. Uh, anyways. So, what? Project all the way. Anyway. Tyler, <laughs> um, the creator, breaks silence on DJ Khaled drama. This nigga had every person in the industry. <laughs> Wait, can you read it again? Sorry. I was really... Like, go on. So... For our last news topic of the day, we're now going to go into DJ Khaled versus Tyler, the creator. So... The headline, and this is on Double XL. <laughs> can, can you say how you think Tyler would have said it? Because I can hear I, it. I don't. I can't do his accent. <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah, he's got a very specific. Yeah, he's got a very accent. But I imagine everyone listening knows what he you sounds. know what you know what he sounds. Like. Go on YouTube and just you know listen to how he sounds. <laughs> yeah. Like. 
So Tyler the Creator breaks silence on DJ Khaled drama. This nigga had every person in the industry on his album. <laughs> it's, it's true. And <laughs> <laughs> he actually did. Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran did better Ev- just to everyone. say, you know. Everyone who sells you know. billions of records, everyone who's hot right now was on that album. Literally, as is on every album of his. Um, as of late, anyway. Um, so yes, the main news story, I'm going to use Enemy really to go through it. So um, Tyler the Creator, this is stemming from a drama that actually DJ Khaled started himself between him and Tyler the Creator where <laughs> there was a video on his Snapchat. You know, he's got his infamous Snapchat, which is really popular um, or was. Um, he was just bitter, bitter Betty about his album being number two to Tyler the Creators and he called it like weird shit and all this kind of stuff and he said his album you know actually making music for the cars and your drop tops and all that kind of stuff and he was just bitter he was bitter I didn't he play was, that album once in my he was, I, I'm, play, I'm playing the DJ Khaled album I'm so sorry about it I'm not, not once in the, the Uber really not not once in the really car not, really not played the DJ nope. Khaled album that's not for me in 2019 anyway it's not for me you know I loved All I Do Is Win though you know Love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that song, Nick. you know, but his, his trajectory right now it's a bit it's a bit indifferent. And I love Shining. Yes, yes, we love Not that because song. of him though. Oh. oh obviously. Yeah. What did he do? Just show DJ Khaled. What, what are you going to love him for? Um, <laughs> when, when I found out he wasn't even producing his own music, I was like, okay, you definitely can go. Yeah. Because all, all this time, I thought he was like the hip hop Kirk Franklin. Like, just right here doing. But he, I checked the credits. He's not even doing that. Nope. So I don't understand why he has albums. I don't understand why he's a thing. But anyway, the topic next. Yeah. So... Uh, Tyler the Creator has come back on a recent idi- um, interview sorry with saying Lau and he said that he is happy that, that he Igor you know critically acclaimed beat DJ Khaled to the number one spot on the US charts um, yeah so as Shopee said no disrespect to Khaled or anyone but this nigga had every person in the industry everyone on that fucking album everyone everyone Cardi B 21 Savage Travis Scott mm-hmm. Post Malone Beyonce Jay everyone who sells billions of records and the fact that I beat him and this um, and with this is that isn't parallel to all the pop and music right now it's fucking crazy bro he said this to Zayn during the interview so um, what do you guys think of the war or the do you mind Fake if I silent beef whatever so I'm just going to start and say that I think that is amazing the fact that Tyler the Creator this kind of awkward well teen I don't know how old he is now but this awkward teen who came out made this song that everyone was kind of like oh, what was it called again um, Yonkers, Yonkers yeah. and everyone was like oh this weird kid he's come now and he's made this song against basically Beyonce Jay-Z all of these like top tier artists and he got to number one like it just proves like quality versus just having um, household names on an album makes a massive difference. Mm. Um, But I want to get into more of where the difference was in terms of sales for the album, why um, Tyler, the creator went to number one and why DJ Khaled didn't and exactly why DJ Khaled is angry because I was actually doing some research on this. Is that the merch situation? Yeah. So packaging. It's a very similar situation to the Travis Scott and Nicki Minaj situation. Yeah. Um, So if you, if stormy, this is just, this is just some background for anyone who doesn't know about package deals when it comes to buying albums. So some artists do this thing where if you buy their album, you get some exclusive merch of it as well. So Travis Scott, he had like some key rings. He had like t-shirts and stuff like that. Tyler, the creator, when he released Igor, he had, um, do you know the little placards that you get where that says like vote for, yep. et cetera, et cetera. In America, you get like vote 
Democrat. Yeah, you know, yeah, here we yeah, get yeah. Liberal Democrat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, Tyler had Vote Igor as a sign that came with the album. Um, he had some T-shirts as well. Whereas DJ Khaled actually did a partnership with um, a company called Shop.com, I think it is. Um, and he had energy drinks that he was releasing. So he had two energy drinks that he was selling. And if you bought the album, you got an energy drink, which was called Awaken. And I can't remember what the other one was called. Um, but here's where it went wrong. Cause in terms of streaming, these two albums did basically exactly the same. They weren't that far off in yeah. terms of streaming numbers, but Billboard disqualified the um, package, the package sales for um, DJ Khaled, DJ Khaled because yeah. shop.com actually did bundle deals for um, some of their customers. So like some of the people, they did deals with other companies, which were like package deals. Mm. So they sold it wholesale to other companies, which they didn't really qualify as buying a unit. So for example, uh, um, say, let's basically do this like with a company that most people know. So say Amazon sold, um, say, um, say Apple was selling phones, Amazon, no, sorry, say Apple was selling phones, they would do like a bundle deal where they'll sell, sell like 10 iPhones to a different company. Um, and oh. DJ Khaled was basically selling his albums in bundles rather than single batches. And so they didn't really, they didn't really count the merchandise so sales from yeah. shop.com. And that's why DJ Khaled was annoyed because he was like, I sold all of this merch and all of, all of these, these titles, these, I'm um, sorry, albums, and they're not counting it. And the deals. Yeah. So that's why DJ Khaled is angry, um, which makes sense. But at the same time, it, I'm glad that Billboard are actually putting that up because it, it allows smaller artists who don't have those connections with those massive companies to actually come along and just sell like a hundred thousand of their album um, to one company and stuff like that. I mean, if we're being fair, Nipsey Hussle did it when he released his album and mm. Jay-Z bought like 10,000 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but that is why DJ Khaled is angry. Personally, I preferred Igor in terms of music. I felt like DJ Khaled with his music and I'm doing that with um air quotes I I'm just a bit bored to be honest I'm a bit bored of the redundancy of his sound um he he, he comes out and he has a like one song that bangs out of the entire album every so often no brainer was shit to me when it came out um I can't even remember if this that was on this album or not oh you heard it I, I fucking hated the scissor song um this is on the album yeah she she oh. remixed sorry miss jackson so sorry miss jackson by um outcast it was fucking Ooh, awful good, she was really it she was in like an amazonian kind of costume in the video and stuff so and the like, focus on your album. yeah um yeah the nipsey song was good but it, i it was I, it I, I feel like it wasn't completed for obvious reasons yeah um but other than that, Eagle for me was much better in terms of production, in terms of costume, in terms of the content, um, even the design of the album cover. I just feel like it was a much more well thought out project. And the way that DJ Khaled comes across to me sometimes is he doesn't think about his albums. He just puts, he just, he connects people to songs and then he just puts it out. And it's kind of like a reproduction. It's kind of tinned in a way. So I'm just, mm. I'm glad that Tyler won it's like, this. It's like on a production line. Yeah, yeah. Th that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's mass produced but, production line. I think. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler's just going to be remembered for generations in this. Yeah, he's going to be remembered for the next couple of generations mm. in, in history. Um, what Odd Future have done, who he's put on, um, who's inspired, who is yeah, who's inspired. Like here. if we look at. Um, 
what's the group called? Brockhampton. Yeah, Brockhampton, exactly. There's just so much influence coming out from him and he's he's, and I'm glad he's on an amazing trajectory. He really is. And adding to that point, Pitchfork actually wrote an amazing article about Odd Future at the beginning of this year of their influence on today's hip-hop and R&B. Mm. So they mentioned um, the entire Odd Future collective. So the Odd Future, um, Tyler... Um, Earl Sweatshirt, Frank Ocean, The Internet, yeah. The Offshoots from The Internet, um, Domogenesis. Like, it was a really, really good article. So check that out, guys. Mm. But um, I think, I want to say this one thing. I feel like, not maybe you two think the same, but I feel like we do, we, Tyler is like a heavyweight in terms of today's hip hop. Like, yeah. he's been a consistent seller. Yeah, he's not, it's for not many a years. Like, no, but I feel like there's like this kind of idea that I see that Tyler's only just like, He's definitely in the peak of his career right now, but Tyler's always been quite a, a big name yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in music. Like he's been on upward momentum. Like, every album he's sold more than the sold last, more. charted higher than, than the last. Yeah, so, isn't like, it? If he got yeah. number one, it was going to be one, yeah. two, three, four, five. So or something like, like that. I think people, some people look at him like as if Tyler just kind of had this random flash pan success. Like, no, n- no. No, but um, <laughs> as I, as Eden and Nick said, um, I loved Eagle. That was a great album. Um, you followed up on an amazing album with Flower Boy and Cherry Bomb before that. So like, it was a great project. I have an interest in listening to a digital album. It's just a collection of redundant generic singles that all sound the same, but also to the clubs or whatever. And even some of my, even, honestly, I love her on that album, but I just, I just, I just don't care. There's just, it's just so f- thrown out and pushed out. It's just, and it does it every year and this whole Assad thing of, and then I just and the fact that you don't actually do anything, you don't write the songs, you don't produce the songs, you just say we the best and DJ Khaled or whatever, but it's like you don't actually. Why do you have a record deal? He's why does he? Why does? Serious. Why does he have a record deal? <laughs> what? Did he not, but did he not produce in the past? Though? No, that's the thing. Did. I thought that too. I went through. So not all I do. Is I went through not all the credits of his albums. I'm seeing rather producers. He was a DJ. He's a DJ. Yeah. But why? So not produce. Okay. No. So, but I, I, I swear he was a producer as well. No, I can swear. Like, is it? Maybe he, he just he has his production like, team. Maybe yeah. that's what it, that's what the names are. This is But still, that means you're not doing <laughs> any of the work. It's just like, like with people like Rico Love, they still have teams, but then they have Rico Love and Rico Love produces yeah. songs. Like, and same with obviously Kanye and good music. Oh yeah, Kanye. Yeah, of course. Of course so like, yeah. you're not a musician. You're not actually an artist. Like, There's why? No why? Like, why are you on tour with Demi Lovato? Why? Mm. He's, a, he's, a, he's a brand. <laughs> no, I really do. No, genuinely, I hope Demi's getting better. Like, I really do. Why was, that your, why was that your response? No, I'm just I'm thinking of Demi. Did you hear what he said? Yeah. I hope Demi's getting better. Well, why is that your response? Because... If that thing that the news I was thinking. No, of I know, I know why. So the biggest no, smile on his face, no, right? Do, no, no. Wait, do you remember the news story we had about Demi before? Or I something? remember. Yeah, I and know. I said the same. Thing. No, but I'm talking about talking about this kind of going on tour. That's why her mental health. Demi, though, like her mental health. Everything's great. Like with Demi, a DJ on the other hand. Shady. You know. Oh my god, Nick. DJ, I just hope. You fade into obscurity, but it won't happen for another. But shout out to Tyler. Five, ten years. Shout yeah, shout out to Igor. Shout out to the success. Shout out to the fact that he can come to London again, like he did it this year, and he's coming in September. So, shout out to his career. He's great. So that is the end of my section. Wow, we've the done the, the first episode. episode. Episode one of season three is done. Cool, it's crazy. Man. So, if no one has anything else to say, 
I just want to say we're in a new space now, so let us know if the audio is clear and everything. If there's anything that sounds different, sounds off, sounds weird, you know, we love feedback on this show just to make sure that we improve for you guys for sure. Also, let us know what you, you're looking forward to this season. We have quite a few planned, but obviously we're always open to hearing what you guys have to say um, just to make sure you're tuning into a show that you actually enjoy. Um, anything from you guys whatsoever? No, just glad to be back and yeah. Yeah, happy to be back and happy for the season. So enjoying what's to come. Cool. So that has been done like the stands, guys, with Eden, Nick and Shoppe. Make sure to rate and subscribe on yes. Apple Podcasts or listen to us on Spotify now since they seem to be taking over the podcast the podcast sphere. Um, trying to think if there's anything else we got to add. If there is, you can find us on DatsPod, yeah. D-A-T-S-P-O-D, on Twitter, Instagram, um, and individually, Eats McKenzie, IMN Tyrell, Shoppe Showerton. And that is it, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Peace and fuck Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs>